the Be Free program where you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Hi, I'm Lueda Roshka, your host, and I'm really excited about our program today. So glad you joined us. I don't believe it's an accident. I believe the Holy Spirit directed you to this program to watch and listen to, and that God is going to encourage you and build you up. I've got an awesome guest in the house I will introduce in just a moment, but um, I always kind of like to start with a funny little story and Unfortunately, lately they've been about me and they're true. But, you know, Harley, I don't know how this happens that I keep doing these things that, you know, don't make sense and gets me in trouble and all this. You're just human. Oh, is that it? I'm really human. I am really human. So I went to the courthouse and and, um, just a little hint, we have a former uh, patrol sergeant in the house. And so I'm hoping he doesn't tell his friends about this. So I go, it's time, it's time for me to renew my tags. So it's on December 30th. I am so proud of myself, I'm not gonna be late. So I go down there and I get my tags for my car. And so my husband's sitting out in the car and he's reading the Rifleman magazine or something like that. And I said, honey, will you put this on my car? He said, oh yeah, but I'm not gonna do it right now. He said, I'll do it later. I said, okay. So I, yeah, so (laughs) I said, well, okay. I'm putting it in the glove compartment. He says, okay. In my mind, it's checked off. It's done. I mean, I have to do that in my brain or I have too much happening up here that causes congestion. And so (laughs) things start to misfire if I have too much going on in there. So to me, it's done, even though, you know, there's a sticker right in front of me every day. But, I, you know, like the, the commercial, you go nose blind to it. I was blind to that sticker. So that was on December 30th. Well, a couple of days ago, I got this and pulls me over and I said um hi officer and I'm thinking what did I do he says ma'am I pulled you over because uh your tags are out and I I went (gasps) and I looked (laughs) and I I bet he thought "Mm mm-hmm I said no I I got them I got them he said no ma'am those are expired and so I'm frantically thinking I'm thinking to myself I know I went to the courthouse I know I gave him a paper and they gave me something I know it was the tags. I'm thinking, but you know, I'm, uh, but then I'm beginning to really question myself. So uh, he goes back and he says, uh, "Ma'am, I I checked and it's not on file." And so I'm thinking, I am losing it. I am going insane somehow. And while he's doing his checking, I'm looking all over the car. I can't find the tags. So I get a ticket, and I deserve the ticket because I had the wrong one on there. I wasn't arguing with him. I was just like shocked. It's not on there. It's not on the windshield. So I go out, uh, uh, I get home, and I say, honey, I got a ticket today. He said, what on earth for? I said, for my tags that are expired. Oh, we didn't put those on there. I said, no, we didn't put them on there. (laughs) (laughs) We (laughs) We didn't do that. So then he, so he goes out. I said, please put them on tonight, please. Okay. He goes out there and he does it. And then we're, I'm driving along and, and uh, uh, no, my husband said to me, he said, by the way, have you seen my tags? I said, I don't know. I'll look for them. I, you know, forgot because they like a month apart. So he goes, he says, I can't find my tags. And I thought it was odd that the officer said that they couldn't find it on file. I thought that was really weird. Well, I go find the tags. They were the tags to my car. He has the tags <laughs> of his vehicle on mine. I go to the courthouse, I explain my poor story, my saga, and so I get it all straightened out. I go to the 
courthouse or the municipal court. And I said, you know, told him my situation, give him my $20, and she makes a file folder for me. I'm really concerned, and she puts all this information. This I thought, well, <laughs> what is this? What does this mean? And I said, is everything okay? Do I, do I have to appear in court? No, ma'am, it's all taken care of. And I said, all right. I'm thinking, I wish you would burn that file and get rid of it. I don't <laughs> want to come pick me up. So anyway, my husband had to go peel the sticker off, put it on his vehicle, put the right one on mine. I'm all square with the law now. I want you to know I'm all square. We're good. But these things happen to me all the time, Harley. And my husband tried to blame it all on me, but it wasn't all my fault. I'm going to tell you right now. He had a part in that. Shifting the blame. (laughs) That's what we wives do. That's what we do. Well, I have a former patrol sergeant with the Kerr County Sheriff's Department. So um, don't don't tell on your friends what kind of person I I am. I guess this warrant I have is no good. (laughs) (laughs) Burn it. Burn it. Burn it. (laughs) Have mercy on me. Please have mercy on me. Uh, but uh, you are a pastor. You are an ordained Southern Baptist minister. Yes. And you pastor New Hope Fellowship Church. Tell me a little bit about your church and what is God doing there? What's your vision? Well, we started uh, New Hope Fellowship in, uh, a little over a year ago. Uh, I was pastoring a church out in West Texas in the big thriving community of Sanderson, Texas. And uh, had several people here that were looking to start a fellowship. Uh, my wife was re- really not happy living in Sanderson. The nearest Walmart was 67 miles away. So, uh, but anyway, <laughs> we, uh, I had felt led to start a church here before, but uh, I had like 20 people that were looking, said we would really like to see it. I said, well, I'm, I really feel led to do that. So we started first uh thing we had to do was find a building and uh, gene allen out at kerrville funeral home called me one day and he said david he said uh you have free use of my building won't cost you a thing just come out here and so we started in a funeral home uh kerrville funeral home and i really appreciate gene offering that to us we moved from there over to doyle community center it wasn't exactly what we had in mind or what we were looking for so uh did some calling and uh the BCFS building at the intersection of Broadway and East Main has a large room in the top. So I called them and I said, you know, we have a church. We're looking for a place to meet. Do you have any rooms that would be adequate for our church? And uh, they said, yes, we do. And so they uh, provided us a room with no charge at all. And we've been meeting there ever since. Uh, I do rent office space there, which is very, very reasonable. I mean, it's just like God opened this door for mm-hmm. us, and we walked in. We're, I call us a country church. I uh, don't call us a cowboy church. Uh, uh, I guess I'm old hat. I, I still still have a problem with people wearing hats in church, <laughs> you know. Uh, maybe I can get beyond that, but uh, I still have a problem. I think when you go in the house, you take off your hat. Unless you're in the military and carrying a gun, then, yeah, you better keep your hat on. So, But... Uh, Anyway, that's uh, where we are. So we're we're growing. We're running around forty people, something like awesome. that. Awesome. There's some things in the works that I'm excited about. That uh, I can see God opening some doors, and uh, real excited about this. But those are kind of sitting on the back burner now, uh-huh. and we're waiting for them to materialize. Okay. So, 
And That's what time are your services, Pastor? Uh, we Reagan? have Sunday school at 930, church at 1030. Okay. Because of the limited use that we have of the building, that's all we can do at this present mm -hmm. time. So uh, we're looking, hoping to find a building. Uh, I think that's a possibility. Yeah. And uh, we'll, our ministry can expand. Awesome. So. Well, and I love the name of your church, New Hope. Everybody needs New Hope. New that's, Hope Fellowship Church. That's what most of our people, most of our people have come from uh, church let me see how I want to say this. <laughs> They've been, they were injured in, uh -huh. in their yeah. churches. That happens. Uh, it happens. I have people that hadn't been to church in 20 years. Mm. And they've come as a, we're a very close-knit group. We, uh, there's so much love there. We don't always agree on everything, <laughs> but we, we love each other yeah. and yeah. respect each other. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just have to agree to disagree. It's true. So. That's true. Well, awesome. I'm, I know this man. I've known him for a long time and his wife and uh, folks. They are the real deal. Uh, precious spirit. And uh, uh, Pastor David Blyder has always been an upstanding uh, and godly man and just appreciate him. But you were not just a pastor. Uh, you were also the former patrol sergeant uh, for the Kerr County Sheriff's Department. That's right. For how uh, long? I was there with the sheriff's department here 10 years. I was a deputy sheriff in Uvalde a little over a year. So uh, then I was a constable for, I think, three years. Uh, JP's position came open, and they appointed me that position. Then I ran for JP and won the election because Harley backed out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I served as a JP for seven years. Yeah. Uh, that was – I love the people at the courthouse. I had a wonderful time there but that was not being a jp was not me mm -hmm. it was just not me sitting in an office it just didn't yeah just didn't mesh but yeah. uh, i'm glad to be back uh while i was a, a deputy uh i did a lot of uh i know i, I if i had somebody in the back seat of my car that's usually not a good thing for the guy in the back seat <laughs> Probably but I'd always, I always say, you know, you don't have to live this way. Yeah. Uh, ran into a person that uh, stopped and found a bunch of methamphetamines in their car. As a result of that, because they were on uh, parole, they went back to prison. I saw this individual about uh, a couple of months ago. I said, in fact, he said at the same table because he knew some people that were sitting with us. And I said, you're not angry with me are you he said you know said not a bit said you saved my life mm, mm, mm. and that just gave me uh, yeah. really a good feeling to know he said i was headed for total yeah. destruction so awesome sometimes our worst day can turn out to be our best day the beginning of, of a brand new change well they can pastor uh you you have a book out called the rescue stopping child predators and and uh today we're going to talk about a miraculous true rescue and mm -hmm. on may the 4th of 2001 do you believe that god spoke to you yes absolutely uh and what and was the situation and what did he tell you uh first of all people look at you kind of funny when you say well god told me this or god told me mm -hmm. that but god throughout the bible and throughout uh History has, has made his will and spoke to his people. Jesus said that his sheep would know his voice. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think the fact that 
people are not hearing God's voice is not that God's not speaking, but that people are not listening. Uh, actually, the day before, I had this overwhelming sense uh, of knowing, a supernatural knowing. It's like God said to me, and let me back up just a little bit. We were looking, or law enforcement in Texas was looking for a serial kidnapper. He uh, had kidnapped two children previous to the one that was currently uh, missing. And South Texas law enforcement, and along with DPS and the FBI, were looking for this uh, predator. Actually, they were looking in the Seguin, Texas area. So that's several hundred miles from where we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the day before I, the day before the miracle, <laughs> had a had a miracle because God said, God said you're going to, you're going to rescue that little girl. What did He tell you? That you're going to rescue that little girl. You're going to catch the I-10 predator, which is what He became known mm-hmm. as the I-10. I predator. remember that. I remember yeah. all that. And uh, so I gathered. I sat down at my home computer, and gathered all the information that I could gather concerning the incident, the missing girl. And we had a composite drawing, we had a possible license plate number, we had a description of the car, and we had uh, the color of the car. So uh, I ran all this information. Uh, The next morning I was getting ready to go to work. I was on days for a change. And as as I was leaving, I told my wife, I said, uh, we had been talking about the I-10 Predator. I said, I'm going to get him today. And uh, so... Uh, I just knew uh, when I got to the office that day, I gave everybody on my shift uh, the information I'd collected, uh, the description of the vehicle, all of the information. I said, I really, really believe this guy's in Kerr County. So you'd be looking. And you had nothing in the nothing in the natural to tell you. Oh, no, everything was no. telling you the opposite. Uh, that everything was taking Kirk. place in Seguin, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there was nobody really looking here for him. Uh, a little after nine that morning, my radio came to life, and they had a report of a suspicious vehicle down south of town, and I was sent to check it out. As they said it fit the description of the vehicle that the serial kidnapper was using. Uh, so I proceeded way down south, way out in the boondocks. So I went down there with the uh, what I what I was thinking was when I get there, I'm going to check it out. If it you know if this pans out. Now, you know, God already told me I was going to find this guy, (laughs) and here I am questioning it, you know. But I said, if this is really it, I'll call for backup. Uh Uh, So I talked to the people that reported. They said, we saw a little tan vehicle drive down this road uh, about, I don't know, several hours ago. said, it looked like the car that they're talking about on TV. So I start down this dirt road, past several little uh, hunting cabins, and then I see a a hunting cabin kind of off in the brush and there's a little red car beside it Uh, so now i'm a little bit confused because they said they saw it just a few hours ago and and they and the description of the vehicle was a little tan car so i get my binoculars out because i'm still a distance away and i begin to i focus in on the car and i see there's somebody in the car i can see the license plate they're not the license plate that we were looking for so i'm thinking well this is not the right car. 
and the road went on beyond so i thought well maybe it's on beyond here mm-hmm. so i drive up uh, i said i decided well i'm going to make contact with this person in this car and tell them what i'm doing on their property and see if they know if there's any other hunting cabins further back so i pull into uh, a driveway and my car's facing the side of his car my patrol car is and i get out and i see a a man and i'm thinking i've seen this man before because he fit the description of he fit the composite mm-hmm. drawing mm-hmm. uh but still all of these things it's hit me like a, all this information just a matter of seconds yeah, but the first thing i notice when he gets out of the car is that he's got a gun by his side and so i draw my my weapon and i can see him he's making his way toward the back of the car and what I'm thinking is he's going to try to get on the other side of the car, and then he'll have uh, cover and conce- concealment and cover. So I had decided I'm going to shoot him when he gets to the back of the car because I don't want him to get behind it. Mm-hmm. Meantime, as he's approaching the back of the car, and I can, I'm getting ready to shoot this man, I see this little girl running toward me and Mm. she's between me and him Mm. if a gunfight had taken place she would have probably been killed or injured at that point Mm -hmm. Uh, but she runs to me and uh, Mm. i grab her and by this time he's made it to the other car uh, to the other side of the car so uh, i decided then the best thing for me to do is get her and get out of here so I jump in my patrol car, and we go out. We hear a couple of shots. Uh, it's a real strange thing. As we were driving out, I could hear the shots, and I'm, as I'm driving, I'm, I'm waiting to be hit with a bullet. Mm. Um, I, I, you know, I'm just waiting any minute for that to happen. But we, we get out. I get to uh, the road intersects uh, Vine Street down south, which is paved. So I set up, have a little girl laying down in the back. I get... Now I get my AR-15 out and I set up a roadblock because there's only one way in, one way out. Mm. And in the meantime, I had advised dispatch that I had the little girl and this was the man we were looking for. And law enforcement from all over Kirk County responded. We had game wardens, DPS, city police, everybody coming down there. Uh, I set up a roadblock. I had my... AR-15 out. There was another deputy and actually two deputies were interviewing some people. They heard the call and one of them was a female uh, deputy and she came and took a little girl and took her to the hospital. A good friend of mine, uh, Roy Green, was a deputy at that time. He stayed with me and we were waiting for the guy to come out or for help to arrive. Uh, Help did arrive. Uh, Sheriff Hereholzer came. It's funny, he was... uh, he had been in the ophthalmologist office and he'd had his eyes dilated. Mm-hmm. So here he comes driving down with dilated eyes. Pastor David, let yes. me, we're going to have to go to a break here in a minute. Okay. So I want to I want to leave us on that cliffhanger on that, but I want to go back and we'll we'll continue that after the break. I want to go back. So this man uh, had abducted. They don't know for sure from reading your book, but at least two girls would mm-hmm. kidnap them and was very violent, raped them, uh, and he actually picked this little girl up, Leah, Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Houston when she got off the bus, and she uh, he picked her up then. Mm-hmm. 
and took off with her. Yes. And he was he was very deranged. Uh, what he you know. Sick individual. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, do we know how long he had been taking her to the how long they had been at the cabin and in, in, in the hill country? Yeah. It, and I would have to go back and refresh, but I know it was probably 10, 10 days or so, something like that. Uh, the uh, this He was a child predator before he started kidnapping. They, the FBI had him possibly tied to some crimes out west. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things we don't know about him, and we'll probably never know about him. But he walked away from a half, halfway house mm-hmm. because of sexual crimes against mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, he was a yeah a deranged. He was a predator, mm-hmm. and the fact that he picked up Leah from the bus stop te- kind of tells me that. And predators do this. He had he had probably been uh, shopping in that area mm-hmm. and knew this was not something that just happened. Mm-hmm. Most of them, uh, most predators, they have a plan. He probably knew she got off that bus. What time she got off the bus? If there was going to be anybody with her, mm-hmm. so. Uh, and I talked to Leah after that, and I said, why, you know, our question is, why did you get in the car? But children will, you think your children will mm-hmm. do the right thing, but it's amazing how adults can talk a child in just about anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, That's why it's so important for us to pray over our children. And, yes. and, and instruct them on the right things to do yes. and, and when a stranger comes and those things. But listen, uh, that praying... <laughs> You know, asking the angels to encamp around about them, pleading the blood of Jesus over them, and declaring no weapon formed against them shall prosper. I bet I've prayed that a million times over my my kids, and I still do, and they're grown. And you know, yeah. I'm like, even Lord, more so now, right? Oh, exactly, <laughs> right. Because they're not under Mama's, you know, wing, uh, but they're under His wings. You know, yes. uh, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my strength. I pray that over them. Yes. Pray that over my family. I pray it over my team, my ministry team, uh, because God is, is a, a protecting God, and we just need to to make our uh, make ourselves uh, available to that. You know, by praying Absolutely. and believing, speaking mm-hmm. it. And, uh, and so I, I, I'm going to go back to this after we go to the break and let you finish your story. Uh, it's, folks, it is amazing what God did. I mean, it, it, you were on Oprah. You were, they made a documentary, a Lifetime, I think. You, mm-hmm. you were, I mean, it went everywhere. And what I love the most, Pastor David, is you got to lift up Jesus. Yes, you got I did. to talk about that God yes, led you. You didn't take the glory for yes. yourself. Absolutely. You gave it back to God, and you knew that God had sent you there. And we're going to visit about that in, in a moment. But that it's amazing. And you, here's the thing: you heard from God. Yes, you, I did. You were listening, and He spoke. Here's the thing: God is a speaking God. He's called the Word. Jesus is called the Word. Yes. You know, Word talking. You know, voice. He's He wants to speak to. He will speak to anybody that'll listen. That's and right. And so you were listening. You prayed. You asked, and God spoke. Well, folks, you are listening to the Be Free program. I'm your host, Loretta Roshke. I'm delighted you are with us. Listen, you do not want to turn that channel. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few moments because you've got to hear the rest of the story. And also, I want you to know how God can rescue you today, no matter what's going on your life. God has a good plan and he has a way to bring you out of of the depths 
of despair. Rescue you from whatever you need to be Amen. rescued from. You can call our prayer. Listen, I want you to call our prayer line. We have a toll-free prayer line. We have anointed praying, uh, uh, trained prayer partners. You can call us at 866-241-0579. 866-241-0579. We want to pray for you. You can go to our website at luada.org, L-O-U-A-D-A.org, and you can get lots of different resources, and uh, you can hear the previous prod- podcast of our radio programs and our TV programs. And we just want to be a blessing to you. Uh, we want to connect with you on our social media, and you can get all of that uh, off of our website. You need to go to our Facebook, guys, and you need to like Lueda Roshki Ministries. There's lots of good ministry, uh, with lots of programs that uh, we want you to hear. We don't, we're not doing this for entertainment. We're doing this because we want to minister to you because you are important. God loves you, and he's a good, good father. And that's why we do what we do, and we like to lift up Jesus. Today, we're talking about a miraculous, true rescue. I mean, does God still move and, and, and answer prayer today? Absolutely. He will hear and answer prayer. Praise God. The Bible says you'll know the truth. The truth shall make you free. Stay with us. We'll be right back in just a moment, and you are going to be blessed. 